Are we ready? Everybody's ready? ready? You're ready. Yeah, okay. Ready. I would like to welcome everyone to the June 28th Medfield Board of Selectmen meeting. Uh, this is a meeting that will be held in hybrid format. The Board of Selectmen will attend in person and members of the public may attend in person, and if you have. In addition, members of the public who wish to participate via Zoom may do so by joining on one of the links that's provided in the meeting agenda that you can find on the town website. Uh, reminder, this meeting will be recorded, so for those people who are present in the, build, in the uh, room tonight, if you would make sure that you have the microphone, which I'm sure is probably right next to Bill's seat, which is our normal place for stationing at the start of our meetings. Uh, again, the microphone is not for you to be heard in the room, it's for Medfield TV to pick up the audio channel. So uh, just make sure you've identified yourself and have the microphone if you want to speak, if you're here present. At this point, I'd like to take a moment of appreciation for our troops serving around the globe in defense of our country. Thank you. All right, our first uh, appointment of the evening is Director of Public Works, Maurice Goulet, to request the Board of Selectmen vote to approve a Chapter 90 project request in the amount of $237,129 to resurface various roads off Harding Street with rubber chip seal. Uh, those would be Evergreen, Kmark, Stony Brook, Longmeadow, Spring Valley, and Woodfall. And Surrey Lane is uh, Surrey Run as well. Uh, Surrey Run. Surrey Run across the way. We weren't able to get that in last year, so that's part of that package as well. Okay. So the only questions coming. No, I quiz Mo before the meeting, so I saved everyone the time. <laughs> Pete, any questions or comments no, for Mo? No, no. So the only question I had, Mo, is I thought we had done the chip seal on either Longmeadow or Evergreen last year? So or two in years previous ago. years, we did have that subdivision on our pavement management schedule. Yeah. Um, when we had a, a, a major uh, water main break on Longmeadow a few years back, okay. the road need, needed to be uh, rebuilt. Okay. And we didn't have time to do that last year. So we flip-flopped the um, okay. The other side of Harding Street, that was going to be for the next year, so we just put it up a year. Okay. So the Colonial Road area was done last year, and this year we're okay. continuing to okay. just finish up that side of Harding Street. Okay. That was the only question I had. Yeah. I would uh, move the uh, question as presented. Okay. Second. He used one of those little cheap ones that says, I moved the question that's okay. presented. So I will second You don't actually have to think okay. about what you say. You just sort of do that. Okay. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Aye. Motion carries 3 nothing. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. That takes well, care of that. If we don't see you, have a great fourth. Thank you. You too. <laughs> uh, let's see. The next uh, question we had was, or next item we had, it's not really a question, but just, I guess, a general discussion about our special town meeting last week. If anyone has any comments, observations, or anything to say about it. So I went up to the CAM event on Saturday and bumped into a variety of folks, and just the feedback's been overwhelming. Everyone's thrilled. Like, and, I, and to what we've been saying for so many months, like they kept thinking, won't it be cool, you know, when everything's cleaned up and the roads are redone, and you see, you know, life up there again that, um, uh, just awesome. So yeah, knocking wood, good feedback. I'm glad we had a great turnout. Glad quorum didn't become a controversial thing that was all, we're all good there. Went shy. What, 700 people? 700? 696 was the 696, okay. official final count. 
More than we got in our annual town meeting, so it's good. Yes. Okay. Combined. Both and I'm happy for Trinity. I actually was looking when I, when when you could tell the way the vote was going to go. I just looked right down at Abby and Jim, and they hugged it out, and I was like, you know, good for them. Mm. Yep. I, I thought it went very well, and uh, I was surprised that it was uh, basically unanimous as it was. Uh, um, I thought that the video equipment that we had was phenomenal. I found after halfway through, I just started watching the the screen that was pointed at me instead of the people that were 30 feet away because I could see the people on the screen so much better than the people that were 30 feet away. It reminded me of the last concert I went to at the uh, Xfinity Center. I think it was called the Tweeter Center in those days. And I spent the time watching the screen and thinking, isn't this silly? I'm here at a live concert and I'm watching a TV screen. But it was, I could see it and, and the people were that big. Well, I was saying to Christine, what I liked about that was at the annual town meeting, I had no clue who was speaking in the warrant committee because we can't see that. Right. So to have that video so you can put a name and a face and yep. kind of, it, it made, I mean, I love that. I hope we do that going forward so that, and the sound, the first, the, the annual town meeting, I couldn't hear what was being said. It was being projected out. So whatever they did for the sound, the second go around was mm -hmm. well worth it. Yeah, I still had trouble with the sound with some speakers, but uh, that just might've been me. But yeah, I, th I thought it was very nicely done, Chris. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I just echo. I think the, the meeting it was a great meeting uh, for any of us who have spent years on this project. Uh, bringing, seeing it come home and seeing it come home as decisively as this one did, that was a particularly good uh, feeling about it. And, and like I think the two of you, I'm optimistic about where this project is going to go. I, I, I do think from everything I've heard about Trinity and everything I've seen from Trinity, they are a good choice for a developer to do what we want to see done up there in the right way. Uh, my prediction is that that will be recognized as one of the premier real estate developments, if not in the entire state of Massachusetts, because there are some nice places out in the Berkshires in eastern Massachusetts. Uh, you know, a place like that with the character that those units are going to have, surrounded by open space, the Charles River, a kayak launch. Uh, I have a hard time picturing how there would be too much of a nicer location to be oh. anywhere within driving distance of Metro West, certainly, so, or uh, downtown Boston. So it was, I was happy about that. Looking forward to what we see coming out of it. There's a long road ahead, but yeah. Yeah, still got a lot to do. Cross the first hurdle we had to cross. Yeah. Get to work on the gun range here in this coming, coming <laughs> year. Uh, okay, any other comments from anyone else? We'll nope. just chalk this up as a win and let <laughs> that. Okay. Uh, the next item we had was to vote to approve a contract with Rona Kurens for clinical oversight and supervisory services to the employees of Medfield Outreach. This is a one-year contract from July 1st, 2022 to June 30th, 2023. Uh, at a rate of $100 an hour, and the total amount of time is 40 hours. Questions, comments? So moved. Are we going that fast? I guess we are. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful night. <laughs> I'll second it. I read it. Right, right. Well, we can still talk about it. But <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't want to have to read the whole thing again after Gus had read it. Extension of uh, prior years contract. Right. And it's kind of a backup support. That's what I figured, yeah. 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 So I'm good. I read it. All right. All those in favor? Aye, aye. Opposed? Carries 3 nothing. That one's done. Uh, let's see. 
Next item is a vote to authorize the Board of Health to sign the contract with the University of Massachusetts Chan Medical School to act as an intermediary for claims for vaccine administration from public clinics. This is a one-year period of performance with automatic one-year renewals. And I don't know, Christine, do you have any? Is anybody with comments on this at all? No, I met with uh, Brenda today, who's our public health nurse, uh, Brenda Healy, and we discussed it. Uh, this is similar to the setup that we have in the uh, fire department with the ambulance service with Comstar. Uh, oh, okay. So they will do some billing. So Brenda will start running her vaccine um, clinics, and we will be able to um, uh, receive reimbursement for that. Okay. And, and when I was going through it, I noticed that it the way they do the claims, the payers, mm -hmm. so we're okay with it not having that mass health element of it? it Brenda was fine with that. Okay. Um, I know I also fielded a question regarding Medicare. I talked to Brenda and I talked to Chief Carrick, who said that uh, that's fairly standard since Medicare is very slow to pay. Um, they will collect their money before we see our money for that. Yeah, I, I, if I followed her, the first time I read it, I get balled up on the words, and mm -hmm. then I read it again this afternoon, and basically sounds like the, the Chan uh, school is taking care of all. We have to submit the information that says we've yeah. done, that we've administered the vaccines, but it's the Chan school that handles all of the billing and processing right. and reimbursement, so it comes to them. They pull back 10% that mm -hmm. they keep, and they send the rest on to us. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I think the two important points I took from that is, A, the town is going to be more capable to directly provide vaccine vaccinations of a number of different types, uh, and I think that one amendment was actually the one that extended to COVID vaccines. Correct. But it's all—it's not just COVID; nope. it's a number of them, and we actually get paid to do it. So I wouldn't exactly say it's a money-making operation, but it's not a money-costing operation. Correct. So we have good reason to be happy about that change. Okay. And it will it will also allow us to expand our services. In the past, we've only been able to do, like, for example, we were doing the flu vaccines. The state would only send us, you know, 10, 20, 30 vaccines. We were only able to do that. This will allow us to expand that program oh, good. Uh, to many more people in town. Okay. Uh, I would move question four on the agenda. Action items. Second. All those in favor? Aye, aye. aye. Opposed? All right. That one's approved. Three nothing. <clears throat> The next item is a vote to authorize the chair to sign the municipality statement of commitment for a shared services arrangement through the Charles River Public Health District. So this is just me that's signing it. Yes, just authorizing the chair. <coughs> and, um, and a few hours ago, they author authorized uh, Steve Resch, who is the Board of Health chair, to sign as well. So this thing right now is a blank form. We are so. checking both boxes. Okay. We'll fill out the form for you. Yes. I actually have to make a change to the form. Uh, we just need to make sure that it has the Charles River Public Health District and then it has uh, Town of Medfield after it. And each district I mean, had to I change can, that. I can print that in. If you could print that, that would be perfect. Mm -hmm. That's for Town of Medfield. Yep. And then when I sign it, it's actually a completed form. If you want me to sign this, unless you want to redo anything. No, you can sign that one, and then we'll have okay. Steve sign that when he comes in this week. So I haven't been authorized to do that yet, though, so. Details, details. May I have a motion? Oh, so moved. Second. All those in favor? Aye, aye. aye. Opposed? We're in summer mode. All right. Three <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's approved. Three nothing. Put that aside and sign it at the end. Uh, next, uh, the annual board and committee appointments and reappointments per committee listings attached to the meeting agenda. So this is a partial set of all the reappointments we do, so the ones that are indicated as reappointments are the ones we're going to do tonight, the ones that are not. 
we will get to subsequently. Um, I don't think you can just so move these, Peter. You're going to have to read these. Kind of. We'll start with the ADA. Uh, for the most part, these are reappointments. There are a few appointments we can differentiate. We have two resignations uh, that kind of came in with these. So I think we're accepting the resignations at the same time that we're reappointing everybody else is kind of how that works. Yes. So the first item is the ADA Compliance you Review Committee. Good, if you want to. If you think it's non-controversial, read them all through and have one vote at the end. Okay. Uh, appointments, or if there's any controversial ones, just hold them out as an exception. If we're going to do that, then I'm going to suggest that we address the committees that we're planning to dissolve first, mm -hmm. just Makes to sense. get them off the books. And then there's a couple that they have the resignations. Maybe we can take some time on those. Separate. But then the ones that are reappointments, uh, Take you up on that, Mark. Uh, so the first uh, committee that's uh, proposed to be dissolved going forward from here is the Bay Colony Rail Trail Advisory Committee. Mm -hmm. This is the committee that did, I think, the legwork to get the rail trail in place, but it is the advisory committee. It's not the actual Bay Trail Rail Bay Colony, Bay rail, Colony trail. rail Trail Committee. It's the advisory committee. So we're we're dissolving that one. Everybody good with that? Yep. Yep. Good with that? Motion? Yep. Oh, we need to, okay, I, I move that we dissolve, dissolve the Bay Colony yeah. Rail Trail Advisory Committee. Second. Second. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Christian Donner's going to be very happy. He's been asking for you to dissolve them for the last four years, so he's yeah. going to be very happy. We always have the right of recall, right? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Uh, second item is the Board of Selectmen Name Change Committee. <laughs> this, of course, is making the assumption that the committee would not like to think it through again and possibly change it to something yet again. All right. Uh, discussion? Nope. Move to dissolve the Board of Selectmen Name Change Committee. Thank you. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Okay, that one's gone. Uh, let's see, I think there's another one farther down here. Yes, the Medfield State Hospital Negotiating Committee, not to be confused with the Medfield State Hospital Mediating Committee. Uh, so this is uh, the Negotiating Committee. This is the negotiating committee that originally did the land the disposition LDA, agreement right. for that. Yeah. So presumably we're no longer negotiating the LDA, our LDA with the state. So I remember that Steve Nolan was on that as well. Who was the fifth member, Bill? Ken Richards. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. I move to dissolve the Medfield State Hospital negotiating committee consisting of John Harney, Bill Massaro, and Osler Peterson. Second. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Okay. That one's approved. Um, I think that was there, right? <clears throat> okay. Um, Mark, do we have to separate? There's reappointments and there's a few appointments. I think we, as I recall, we do the appointments separate from the reappointments, or does it not matter? I don't think it makes any difference. Okay. So the returning members of the following committees are reappointments. New ones are appointments. Um, and I guess if you want, I'll read. I'll go through the. Unless you want to, you want to read the names of the reappointments. I don't know, but <laughs> so, <I'll> be, <laughs> so I, I will go we, down. I will we, go down the list. Can we just discuss the ones that are an issue, or do we need to go through every name? No, you've got to. You've got to get it from a from a uh, 
transparency standpoint, this issue has actually arisen with the. Uh, no, I, th I think what Pete is asking is we don't need to discuss the people we're not reappointing. They're already on the committee. There's no action taken. Well, I'm for actually those. asking whether we have to read all the names of all of our appointments where they're in the agenda. Well, you could say like ADA first. First, with ADA compliance review, there's two reappointments and read the names. Okay. Do you want me to go through and read yeah. them? I think you should. <laughs> okay. ADA uh, compliance review committee reappoint Ann Thompson, Tina Costantino. Um, cap for one for one year terms. For a one-year term, Capital Budget Committee reappoint uh, Michael Marcucci, Sharon Tatro, Nasser Ishmael, Megan Sullivan, Andrew Foster. No, I'm sorry, he's being appointed. Um, you can say appoint. Okay, appointed. Uh, Michael LaFrancesca and Christine Terweiler are all being appointed for a one-year term. On the uh, Collective Bargaining Committee, uh, reappointing all. Chief Michael Garrett, Michael Marcucci, Chief William Carrico, Michael Pastore, Christine Terweiler, Mark Fisher, Kathy Vandenbloom on the committee to study memorials. Reappointing all, Jane Lomax, David Temple, Mark Bryson, Michelle Doucette, Ron Griffin, Paul Fiscaldo, David Connors. Excuse me if, if I'm not Unless I'm incorrect, it appears they're all one-year reappointments or appointments are reappointments. Mm -hmm. So we just on the record note that Thank you. they're all one-year either reappointments or new appointments. And so you won't have to keep saying that. Thank you. Thank you for straightening me out. Um, yeah, eventually we get into some longer terms, but we'll mention that when we get there. Um, Community choice aggregation. Say again. Community choice aggregation. Reappoint Megan Sullivan, Robert Winogard, uh, Gus Murphy, and Nick Milano. Community Gardens Committee. Reappoint Neil Sanders, Betty Sanders. Kingsbury Pond Committee. Reappoint. Richard Judge, Sharon Judge, George Dealey, Greg Testa, Ann Crock, Angela Matzorata Felice, and I apologize for stumbling on that, Rick Ebbs, Christine Terweiler, Medfield Emergency Management Planning Committee, reappoint Chief William Carrico, Chief Michelle Guerret, uh, Maurice Goulet, Dr. Jeffrey Marsden, Roberta Lynch, Christine Terweiler, Amy Colloran, Jamie Marset, Jeremy. Jeremy, sorry, Andrew Kelleher, and appoint Brenda Healy. Medfield Energy Committee. Uh, We're going to skip that one. <clears throat> They're just all hanging on, I guess. Um, Medfield State Hospital Building and Grounds Committee. So this is where my first question came. Uh, John Thompson is listed for reappointment, but he's not, not in town anymore, I understand. I haven't heard that officially yet. He has not notified us that he's no longer living in town. Just, just as a matter of reference, up at the yeah. Kingsbury Pond Committee, George Dealey's not here in town anymore, but I think he's happy. There's a whole list of the people there that are non-residents on all these committees. Oh, I thought we had some sort of a... No, look, the, the, all the... All those people, look at this one here, the chiefs all live out of town. 
everybody's just a well a lot of the yes the the, the employees a lot of the uh, town employees are on committees but i thought in general we didn't appoint non-residents to to, I think it's to only town committees our money. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right um state hospital Hensville state hospital building and grounds committee john thompson these are all for reappointment Chief Michael Michelle Garrett, Chief William Carrico, Paul Hinckley, Maurice Goulet, Christine Terweiler, Robert Meany. Medfield uh, State Hospital Development Committee, so nobody gets reappointed. Yet, yeah, Medfield State Hospital yep. Mediation Committee, yep. reappoint uh, John Thompson, Ann Thompson, William Massaro. Medfield Outreach Advisory Committee, reappoint Molly Frankel, Kathleen Cahill, Michelle Manganello, Liz Sandeman, Kathleen Thompson, and Abby Bly. With an associate. Associate, thank yes, you. And, uh, and she's being appointed. Everybody else is being reappointed. Kate Thomas Flanagan is the last one. Uh, Medfield Wildlife Committee, Frank Perry, John Newell. Memorial Day Committee, Mark Bryson, who is our veteran service officer. Chief Michael Michel Garrett, Chief William Carrico, Ann Thompson, uh, Gustav Murby, Michelle Doucette, Ronald Griffin, Jerry Kazanchian, Frank Iafolo, Brittany Franklin. And she's being appointed ex officio non voting. All the others are being reappointed. Sorry? You're good. You got it. Um, safety committee. Uh, reappoint. Chief Michel Garrett. Maurice Goulet, Christine Terweiler, Steve Kasky, Craig McGarry. And this was another area where I had a question because uh, Karen Schneider wanted to be on the safety committee, as did Gabby Harrison. So we just advertised that we will be accepting members as part of the board and committee policy that we'll need to advertise it. So I know we've gotten their letters of interest, but we haven't advertised it yet. Okay. So it's on the, it's on the website now being advertised. Okay. And then when do we act on that? Uh, we, it has to be advertised for two weeks, okay. so we'll put it on the on July 12th. Okay. Uh, Transfer Station and Recycling Committee. Reappoint Nancy Irwin, Barbara Meyer, and Andrea Costello, Cheryl Dunley, Annette Wells, Jacqueline Alford, Chris Carlin, Kimberly Schubert, Donna Knott, Maurice Goulet, Robert Kennedy, and Christine Terweiler. And then do we want to keep going? Medfield Affordable Housing? We're, those are the one-year ones, so if you want to, we could just vote on those when it starts getting a little okay. more stuff. Okay, we'll appoint all of those people to the one-year terms. My motion, I set the motion because he read it more. Could you, you ask him to read it again? If I see more to it. I'll read it again. All those, <laughs> all those in favor? Aye. Aye, aye. Opposed, okay, those, those all carry. Now we'll start with the ones that have the green highlights. Okay, so this is the Affordable Housing Trust, two-year terms, and we're reappointing the following members. Uh, Michael Marcucci, Newton Thompson, and Joseph Hunt. Okay, and, that, and just so I understand the listing here, so we have Greg Sandomirsky who's submitted his resignation mm -hmm. He's actually going to be resign. He, he'll actually be off the committee as of June 30th, given that we're not reappointing him. So, okay. Correct. You, you could 
be proactive and accept his resignation as part of this if you want to. Did we do that already? Sure. I'm happy to. Do. You want to just do that one here? Just That's fine. And we've that. advertised it so that yep. we're okay. seeking another member as well. So maybe we just approve that one and accept the resignation of Greg Sandomirsky. Okay. So moved. Second. All those in favor? Aye, aye. Opposed? Okay. So that one's done. Uh, Board of Health. The people that are up for appointment are Steve Resch, reappointment for a three-year term. Uh, we're accepting the resignation of Menachi Chivukula, who is accepting a position in the State Department and is going somewhere exotic. I don't remember exactly where it is. But Poland. Poland. She's learning Polish, that's right. She's learning Polish now. Um, and she sent us a very nice picture of her family. So good luck to her. Uh, and Jeff Kane, uh, associate reappoint for a one-year term. Okay, move the Board of Health. Okay. Second. All those in favor? Aye, aye. Opposed? Okay, that one's done. Board of Water and Sewer. Board of Water and Sewer. Uh, we are voting th a three-year term for Chris Christine Carpenter and a one-year reappointment term for David Pushy as an associate. So moved. Second. All those in favor? Aye. aye. Opposed? Good. Conservation Committee. Uh, we're appointing, uh, reappointing uh, for a three-year term, Mary McCarthy and Catherine Scott. So moved. Second. All those in favor? Aye. aye. Opposed. Council on Aging. We are uh, reappointing for a three-year term, Annette Wells and Laurel Scotty, who's here in the room, to accept her appointment. You look surprised. <laughs> <laughs> so moved. <laughs> Second. All those in favor? Aye, aye. Okay, she didn't say no. That's good. <laughs> no, we got it through before she could. Her original appointment was only filling me until the next appointment. No, you're good. <laughs> uh, Historic District Commission. Uh, reappointment for a three-year term is Bradley Phipps. And it doesn't say how long John Mayor. I don't think that's being reappointed. So he's not being reappointed. Oh. So he's not being reappointed. Okay. okay. So it'll be a vacancy. vacancy. Mm -hmm. So move then for Bradley Phipps. Second. All those in favor? Aye, aye. aye. Opposed. Okay, those are done. Historical Close. Commission. Uh, nope. Nope. Uh, hold on that. <coughs> I'm sorry, what? Uh, not the Historic Commission. That's not listed there. OPEB is the next one that's got real. Oh, I see. Yeah, there's nothing going on. Uh, OPEB Trust. We're reappointing for one-year terms the following, Georgia Kalivas, Michael Pastore, Gustav Murby, appointing Andrew Foster, and reappointing Christine Terweiler. One-year term, so moved. Second. All those in favor? Aye. aye. Opposed? Next. Permanent Building, Permanent Planning and Building Committee, and we're reappointing Timothy Bonfatti for a three-year term. So moved. Second. All those in favor? Aye, aye. Opposed? Done. Planning Board, Associate Members, Blake McDermott and Jamie Sullivan for a one-year term. So moved. Second. All those in favor? Aye, aye. Good. Zoning Board of Appeals, appointing for a three-year term, Michael Wichner, and appointing for one-year terms as associates, Jared Spinelli, Charles Peck, and Jared Gustafson. So moved. Second. All those in favor? Aye, aye. Okay, those are done. Uh, let's see. 
Throw this okay, huh? Next, we have uh, vote to establish an open space and recreation planning committee, seek members and review committee charter. Any questions or comments on the draft of the open space recreation planning committee? This is a follow-up for the discussion we had a few weeks ago where it was like a $25,000 grant. That's my question. This is actually the committee. This isn't this the This is the committee. Yep. So the contract would be overseen by this committee or? Uh, well, you would still vote to sign the contract. Right. Uh, it comes right. under the jurisdiction of the board of selectmen, right. but this, we need to just get the committee started first. Other? Did I miss the contract? Was it in yeah. there? We we haven't awarded a contract. This is just the charter for the committee. Okay. All right. Yep. We had a discuss. I guess we haven't signed the contract. But no, we because we talked about whether or not it would be a full contract, or there'd be multiple different smaller contracts working with existing staff. Right. Okay. So the so that contract or that twenty five thousand dollars was directed toward correcting the deficiencies in our current plan. Mm -hmm as based on the state's feedback, which is, I guess, what we have to do in order to get past November being the expiration date. Of yes, the and, it's, and it's also updating the plan for the next phase. It's, we don't have an approved plan. This one's expiring, so we're but going this, to have a new plan as well. When you say updating, this is, now we're going back to the question I asked you before. <laughs> this plan was dated June April of 2020 <coughs> or something, and they're supposed to be good for seven years. So what I understood was this was redone like two years ago, I think, or less than two years ago. Yeah. There were a set of deficiencies that this, it looked like a good plan to me. I really actually liked it, but there were a set of specific deficiencies that the state had called out that we were using that $25,000 to address. So <laughs> it's, it's a little bit of both. Um, right. The plan expired many years before that but it yep. took that many years for the committee to submit it so six years despite yeah. regardless of all of that it, the plan expires november of 22 and we need a new one but we have that as the template the background the foundation for which to build upon for the next submission so we'll take all that feedback from the state make sure it's all addressed yep. in the revision and update that we send in as our new plan in, in the you know coming months. Yeah. So we're calling it an, an update so that we can put the new dates on it, but we do think it's a very good base plan that we can use a lot of that information It has forward. information in it that's more current than seven years ago. It's not like a seven-year-old yes. plan that's just well, it's got the... It's they got had taken so long to work on it yep. um, that they were continually updating the information as they were going as well, which was okay. great. So then my question is, the current old plan, which isn't really all that old, but it was because it took us a long time to submit it, that expires in November no matter what we do. This committee has got something due in June of 2023, I think it is, June 30th or something like that. So ba basically, I guess what I'm asking about is we are saying, yes, our, our plan will expire in November this committee, we're not asking to get a complete plan pulled together for November. We're actually no, no, no. asking them yeah. to have it pulled together by next summer. And right. the reason that's a good thing is it took us like five years to, to actually finish the last plan. This one might take us an extra five to seven months to get it to something that would be good for another six and a half years, if, yes. if they like it. And okay. the reason why we'd really like to move it forward and why it's coming up this evening is we'd like to be eligible to apply for some of the park grants um, to help with Hinkley okay. helpers. 
Is, is this uh, committee under the Conservation Commission? No, it would be under the Board of Selectmen. And then we put representatives from all the different I believe there was ones. a Conservation Commission member who was pretty much working on his own to do this previously. Correct. Well, There's representations from all of it, but the Board of Selectmen always appoints the committee. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Yep. Thank you. So then the question I had was, so now I understand the dates. That was one of the questions. But the other question I had, it had to do with partly what was worded here in the summary. Uh, it talks about looking at open space and recreation. And it actually talks about, look from an open space standpoint, actually also looking at non-public property that nonetheless, you know, recognizing mm -hmm. the connections, which is a good thing. The question I had is whether we should expand the scope of this to be open space, recreation, and environmental. And, and where I'm coming from on that, sometimes people think of open space as just this stuff we have that we aren't gonna develop. And it's not really, you're not looking at it from, a, from an environmental wildlife card or you know, a, true, a true environmental perspective. You're just looking at it as land that's locked up that's not gonna be developed. Recreation is a subset of that. But it occurred to me, and it was really the connections when it talked about thinking through connections with private property. Uh, year, you know, for years, I, w I belonged to the, the Nature Conservancy, and the one thing that was unique about that environmental organization is, rather than having, you know, trying to save a particular species or trying to save a particular piece of land, their whole perspective was to take a look at the total ecosystem because they were saying you could have preserved chunks of land, but if the animals that live on them can't get from this preserved chunk to that preserved chunk, you're going to wind up destroying the wildlife anyway because they have no way to actually connect with other parts of the population. They have no way to move where they need to move. So the only question I had is whether it would be worth expanding the scope of this to open space, recreation, and environmental environmental management, I guess is what we would call. Sure. It's not really intended to add a lot to what they would do if they're, if they're doing open space, including the non-public connections from one piece of open space to the next. It's not asking, actually asking for a whole lot more other than maybe if we got the right people there, they would also be able to look at that from an ecosystem standpoint, not just look at it as can the Norfolk Hunt Club get from here to there, but actually you know, where the beavers migrate to and <coughs> stuff like that. Yeah, I just wanted to point out that you also, along with the environmental issues, you also have climate change issues and flood storage and all the rest of that stuff. So you might yeah, want to, you might want to make a little bit broader I, than just the animals. Or yeah, I, I don't, the only thing is because we have another group that's doing that, I don't want to, that could be like a black hole. Of we can at least tie thing. in with each other though. I mean, it's. Uh, yeah, but certainly I'd be a piece of it. Destroy natural areas because we're not taking care of them. We need to start planting trees that are currently in North Carolina, apparently. We have red bellied woodpeckers and they didn't used to be up here. On my first scarlet tanager this morning in our mulberry tree, which was cool. Our, uh, There's so many things I could say to that, but I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> I wasn't in the mulberry tree, it was the bird. <laughs> I haven't seen the cedar wax wings yet. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. What do we need to do on this then? Simply vote to establish. Vote to establish it. Yep. Yes, and then we'll start advertising that we're seeking members, and we'll talk to the different committees about their appointments to okay. it. 
I would vote to establish the Open Space and Recreation Planning Committee as set forth in the uh, agenda. Does it specify a number or do you want to do that? Do you want to leave that open? Uh, membership says there's it's in seven. The charter. Okay. Planning Board member, Conservation Commission member, Parks and Recreation Commission member, and then four members at large. So, sounds all right. Uh, all right, I can second that. All those in favor? Aye, aye. Yes. Aye. Opposed? Okay. That's approved. Three nothing. So there is a question from Chris Potts. Did you see that? Regarding? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I got out of it. I just caught it on your screen. Actually, I saw the red. I'm like, oh, there's a question. I missed it. Good thing you're watching, Eileen. That's what we're here for. Uh, Chris, it's no. my That's the, um, the devolve, uh, we dissolved the negotiating committee, which was the original committee uh, when we bought the property from uh, the Commonwealth. But Todd's committee still exists. Yes, today. we have not. So, so yeah. Chris, it was the town's LDA with the, t with the state when we bought the state hospital property is the committee that we just dissolved. It's not the town's LDA with Trinity, the development committee. I can assure you uh, any reports of its demise are great, grossly exaggerated. In fact, <laughs> we have a meeting tomorrow night. So uh, the development committee is still uh, busy anticipating what they're gonna need to do in the, or taking a look at what they're gonna need to do in the coming year. 2 thanks okay great okay uh, let's see next item is a vote to approve a contract with McKechnie Associates Incorporated for lawn mowing services at the Medfield State Hospital period of performance is July 2022 to November 2022 and the total amount is $24,500 comments questions well, did you just put the appendix or the attachment? I'm like, I, was, I, I put a note. I have no idea what I'm looking at, what numbers. So I just now, like, wait a minute, it's there. You just I was, it I there. didn't, I, <laughs> I uploaded the wrong document into the packet. So that was going my, to be my question. My mistake. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> right, we, we, we want to make sure you're hey, reading yeah, it. I, I, I am on my just a little test. I, it's okay. Um, just as a side comment, seeing as Chris Potts is here on this meeting, but I actually downloaded my packet from the Medfield Insider and I had access to it when I went to the town website yesterday. It wasn't up yet, so I don't know how Chris does that. But oh. Well, <laughs> no, it's no, 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 it was, it's there. It's in two different places. Okay, well, I... So you can get it off the agenda or off the Well, page. I, have to, I have to give a tip of the hat to Chris <laughs> because she obviously goes to the more reliable place. <laughs> um, all right, so when I... Uh, so, what, what McKechnie will be doing is two cuts in, in July, so seven Grand Hill to be helpful. They did a great job for the car show. They got it ready to go nicely. So yeah, no, that's fantastic. Yep. And then, uh, and then will they, then there'll be a different contract for the leaf cleanup and all of that? Yes. Okay. Yep. They did a good job with that too this year. Yep. Comments? Just as a point of interest for the residents, each cut at the Medfield State Hospital is $3,500. And it's the same price as last year, thanks to a competitive process this year. And even despite all, everything going on with gas prices and everything, that we were able to hold steady on the line, which I was surprised by when we got the prices back in. Great. It's the only, only mowing contract I've ever seen that has a map. <laughs> well, we get a lot of questions. <laughs> you must have a large underground gas storage tank. <laughs> that could be, I don't, yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> I would move to uh, <laughs> approve a con the contract with McKechnie Associates for lawn mowing 
services at the Medfield State Hospital. Second. All those in favor? Aye, aye. aye. Opposed? Okay, that's approved. Uh, let's see. There's a final item on the uh, listing here. Vote to approve. Oh, no, that's No, we're going to hold number eight. Uh, hold that one. There's nothing we need to be worried about. I, we just got them today, and we have some work to do before we can present them to you, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, no citizen comment? No. No. No citizen. Yeah, we have citizen comment. That's like the first time in six months. Yes. This is great. Hold on. This is Lawsuit has been dismissed, and I'm dealing with the uh, the developer uh, about closing and going forward. I can tell you from the standpoint of the people who were plaintiffs that uh, well, I can tell you why I I opted to uh, to dismiss my suit, which was that I didn't think it would make any difference in the end. So that I think the town still did it inappropriately and wrongly, but um, I didn't want to litigate it because I didn't think it would make any difference if it if it was done. What you get from the suit is to get it to do over again, and I thought the town would do it the same again. Yes. Yeah, I had announced it at the senior cookout the other night, and then uh, we thought we'd have some paperwork that we could be signing. But you must be working with Bob right now. That's why we're not signing. We're it. waiting basically for the for the lending the lender's attorney uh, to do or complete uh, his due diligence. Okay. Yeah. Oh no, I'm glad you brought that up. The other comments. Don't we have any? Uh, don't see any here. Okay. Uh, let's see. The consent agenda. We have a common Viddler's license for calendar year 2022 for the new owners of Blue Moon Bagel. Is that is there paperwork to look after that, or what, how's that go? No, that's just their common Viddler license. So that's are they changing ownership? Yes. So is it Dan Friedman that has owned it all these years? Yes. He's selling. He's retiring. Yes. Okay. So yep. keep keeping the family. No. No. Wow. He's staying on. He and Linda are staying on for the foreseeable future to make the transition. All right. So we won't notice a thing. It's going to be a blind transition. It'll be just as good. That's, right? that's what I was informed. It's, everything would remain the same. Oh, good. Okay. Or, or else it'll be a Chipotle's. But that's only a field. <laughs> <laughs> You're a funny guy, isn't it? <laughs> That won't get anybody mad out there. <laughs> <laughs> Words out of my mouth. <laughs> All right. Uh, I would move to award a common victuals license for calendar year 2022 for the uh, new owners of the Blue Moon Bagel. I second that. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Okay. Approved. Oh, that's funny. Uh, let's see. Uh, meeting minutes. We have May 10th, 2022, May 24th, 2022, June 7th, 2022, 
Any... I got all my comments in, so I'm good. Okay, and I, uh, he, I, I put my comments in too. And so did I, uh, for uh, just to make the point, the uh, most of them were editorial or you know of no major consequence. The only one that I kind of thought was a little bit substantive was in the, on the May 10th one. I put in a paragraph. It, this was the charging station discussion that we had. Mm -hmm. Uh, in the in the course, I, and I don't know that I put the paragraph exactly where it belongs relative to the video, so I put a paragraph, but I also put a comment that said, I'm not sure if this is exactly where okay. this discussion went in the actual meeting, so there's a little bit of checking. But the only issue was that we'd had, I, I wanted the minutes to reflect that there had been a discussion about whether or not the charge for the electricity, uh, that the upshot of that discussion by the end of it that was that we had talked about probably charging it charging for it, but not charging like market rates, just charging to cover our costs. Mm -hmm. That's not a decision that was just sort of where that conversation wound up. Uh, and then the main operative thing on that was that if there were any decisions that need to be made about the charging station equipment itself, that equipment needed to come with the software and associated equipment that would allow us to charge. And then I think it was maybe in the notes that said, Penny, I think it might have been Penny Connor suggested that we could talk about the charging, the actual make charging decisions later, which I'm in total agreement mm -hmm. with. So the, uh, what was reported there was correct, but I didn't think it said enough about our preliminary discussions about charging. That's the only thing I commented on any of the minutes is that there were a couple of them where we had a pretty lengthy discussion and yeah. it wasn't really called out and I wasn't sure to what level of detail do we get into doing that knowing that there's a YouTube someone can view. Right. But one of them I did, I actually did add, we had a lengthy discussion just so that people don't think we just, like we just did tonight. Right. So, these are really short. so the AG's rule of thumb is somebody reading the minutes yeah. should be able to get a sense of what took place at the meeting. So frankly, a mere statement that a lengthy conversation occurred is probably not appropriate. You okay. at least have to touch on the high points. Okay. Well, I think that is discussed. There are the high points there. It's just not the full transcript of the conversation. Right. And then you can just click on the YouTube video if you want to see the whole thing. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, th and there's been a couple of sets of meeting minutes where I've done exactly what I did here, mainly because I felt like they would picturing somebody just looking at the minutes without reviewing the video would look at that and not realize something had been discussed. Mm -hmm. There have been probably three occasions mm -hmm. where I've basically added something in, not to try to do a transcript, but just to point out that, no, this was an issue that came up and that we did discuss and it, we got this far. Well, like a silly thing, again, you can tell me whether I'm being too detailed or like, so uh, I forget what night it was where we um, approved Andrew Foster. Well, in the meeting, they had it at the very, very end that we called out, we did it, but it was like the first thing we did that, that yeah, night. Yeah, I, I almost kind uh, of So I just called out that, that I just kind of reordered that because there were a couple of them that night we moved things around. So yeah. if you're just looking at it from a timely standpoint, right. the video would not line up with what we did. Right, well, I should say yeah. that the, the meeting minutes would line up with the video, but I called out a couple of things. Because I usually go back and watch them and then yeah. I read the minutes and then yeah. I kind of... Yeah. <laughs> well, I almost commented on the because I knew Andrew, we did, we pushed him at the front yeah. and then I just kind of let it go. But it, it, so, Mr. Chairman, yes. so just to put it in context, because there were proposals floating around to dis, in the legislature, may still be, to dispense with the requirement of minutes in light of technology being where it is. And the pushback has been that uh, groups of interest groups, including municipal attorneys, 
don't want to sit and have to watch through a whole tape or whatever, perhaps for hours. They want to be able to quickly go through minutes, get to the issue that they're concerned about, and then maybe follow up with the tape once they've identified what or what was not said in the minutes. So there's, there's a sense out there that minutes still serve a valuable purpose. Okay. And I, I get that, because if you're looking for something, it can be a it can be a painful process, especially if it's a topic that's been discussed, you know, at three or four or five different meetings, but the one you're really looking for is the one that talks about this piece of it. Mm -hmm. it without the minutes, it can be pretty tough to find it. Uh, okay, do we have a motion to accept those minutes? So moved. Second. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Okay. They're approved three to nothing. And I did learn this past week that at first, I thought Brittany was just scaling back on how many minutes she threw at us for each meeting. But in fact, we are making headway to where we actually really are at the point where we only need to do a couple of sets of minutes for each one of our meetings to slowly uh, close the gap. So. We're getting there. Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, town Administrator update. I have a few things for you. Um, we started working this week with Bill Solomon, who is our special counsel, uh, to do our informal negotiations as our Verizon and our Comcast cable contracts expire. So we just started working with him. Um, I met with Russ Hallisey today, and the Medfield Day hours have changed this year, so they want to make sure that you are aware of that. So instead of 9 to 3, it will be 10 to 4. Hmm. Um, and then... This last one uh, is interesting. We've had a couple of complaints this week um, about kayakers who are leaving their kayaks changed, chained to trees at the Medfield State Hospital um, kayak launch, mm -hmm. at the boat launch. Um, so we're asking everybody, if you have a kayak up there, you may want to get it removed. DCAM is going to put notices on all of them, and I assume they mean stickers, um, giving you a certain amount of time to remove them from the property before they remove them. So we're just asking kindly if anybody has a kayak up there that you take them in and take them out every night with you. Uh, they can't be stored on the property. Say that again, Bill? It's the Charles River Watershed Association not, not thrilled about that either. That was part of our negotiations when the canoe launch kayak launch was built. You can use it, but no don't leave your stuff there. Okay, got it. Yeah, I remember, I think it was last year I saw a boat. It was kind of an old ratty looking boat. It wasn't a kayak, but it was tied or chained to a cable to a tree. Hmm. I thought it was kind of weird, but yeah. it didn't look like it used it for a while. So anybody who has one up there who didn't know that those were the rules, we'd just like to have you remove them before uh, DCAM has them removed for you. Hmm. And that's it for this evening. That's it. Okay. Uh, our next meeting dates are July 12th, two weeks from today. Uh, August 2nd and then uh, August 30th. So we have a not too bad a schedule for the month of, or for the summer months here. Yeah, as Chris long as no one out there finds some other way to create mischief that involves the board of selection, <laughs> we should be okay this summer. Well, and I know Chris had it as, as July 5th in the Insider, but I think we had talked about that in one of our meetings. It had been one of our dates that we had talked about. We're going to go to the 12th. Uh, let's see, selectman reports. Eileen. All right. Um, so I know I might have shared with you, but now that we're here for the meeting, I made it to the Council on Aging cookout last Wednesday night, Thursday night. What, um, what, 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 what night was it? I don't even know. Now I'm trying to think. Uh, I had a busy week last week. But it was awesome. Anyway, it was 
Wednesday night. What was really nice, as a total surprise, uh, Denise Garlick was there. She awarded Roberta Lynch the Unsung Hero Award, which was fantastic. Something that they, that um, all the other people that received it, which is a very select few. Denise had one person in her entire district for the year that she could select. She selected Denise. Excuse me, Denise. She selected Roberta. Um, Roberta being Roberta, um, dedicated to being there at the cookout, could have gone to the State House earlier in the day and received it there. She stayed, which, which I thought, though, was more touching, is that she received the award in front of everyone there. It was really moving, well-deserved, awesome, awesome um, accolades for her. So that was fun. And it was just fun just to see they had a nice turnout. Um, Mike uh, LaFrancesca was on the, on the grill cooking the cheeseburgers. There were some young kids delivering the food. So I'm trying to recruit people, my, like a couple of years younger, to go to the next one on July 20th. So, uh, But if you've never, I'm sure you guys have been there. It's a nice setup. Um, it's good. And I think Roberta said the July 20th one, there's going to be a 15-piece band or something that's going to be um, quite lively. So did that. You, did you happen to notice whether the ghost of Mike Sullivan was looking over LaFrancesca's shoulder as he was grilling? <laughs> if there's an inside joke there, I'm missing that one. <laughs> <laughs> he would have been there doing that if he were still with Oh, us. all right. Oh, nice. Hmm. <laughs> um, and then, uh, as I said, town meeting, we all went to that. That was good. Um, the CAM event this past weekend was really nice. Considering how hot it was, they had a nice turnout. They had uh, a lot of people just underneath all the trees, uh, but really good music. And uh, I know they're expecting some more umbrellas and some other things, so as these warmer uh, Saturdays come about, uh, people can be under the shade. And then, um, like you guys, I made it to the nice retirement lunch for Joy this past Friday, which was nice. Very happy for her. Um, and I think that's... Because we, we talked about going to the Boy Scout, excuse me, the Eagle Scout ceremony at one of our previous meetings, yes? I think we did. We did, okay. <coughs> was, was, I know we didn't meet last week. Did we technically have the young man I who remember, was the singer. I couldn't remember what went on between right. those two weeks. <laughs> so I'm good. Thank you. Um, so the first thing that I did was uh, go to the car show. Uh, we had a, an email, uh, which is, this year I didn't see all the cars that I used to own like I did the other years, which always... In, entranced me although someone was selling a volvo like the one that i had from the 60s for fifteen thousand that i paid 500 for so i could should have kept it um we had an we all had an email uh today from ben keating about the intersection where uh hatter's hill comes out on 109 because of the chipotle uh he was asking for uh, a, a better intersection a four-way intersection there with a traffic light I, I told him that uh, I had been concerned about that area ever since I wrote the uh, ZBA decision for the, what's now the car wash, um, convenience store, and gas station on the other side of the entrance to 266 because there's so many curb cuts along there that it's problematic. But it, it, I, think, I think that he's got a good point. I hope that somehow that that gets... It's, I asked Sarah to send it along to the planning board and the ZBA, who are the people that I think are doing the hearings on it. Um, I got a chance this morning to uh, see the new exhibit at the Peak House, and it is spectacular. They have just done a wonderful job. Um, they invited members of the Medfield Foundation Legacy Fund Committee to come and have a look and see what they had done with the money that they had been granted. And uh, they're apparently going to start their publicity about it tomorrow, but I encourage everybody to go and take a look at it because it, 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 we have like a museum now here in town. It looks really great, first rate. Um, 
I've got office hours coming up on Friday. And, um, and since Eve raised the issue of Hinckley South, I'll just mention um, why I sued the town over Hinckley South. Um, first of all, um, I think it was a mistake that the town didn't come to the neighborhood and talk to them about it before there was a, a plan that was already set in stone. Uh, so that by the time the neighborhood saw the plan, it was too late to change the plan. What the neighbors were asking for was 150 feet of separation between the houses that are on acre lots and the, and the high density houses that are five units to an acre next door. Um, the only reason that the five unit to the acre high density housing can be there is because the town was using 40B the affordable housing statute that we get mad at the developers for using against us. In this instance, the town was using it against our neighborhood, basically, and saying even though our town zoning is one, one house per acre, we're going to put in five units per acre in this, in this zone. Um, and then what we found out as the process went along was that the town owned the project, owned the land, and was asking to have it approved. And the people that were approving it were the town's ZBA, so that there was nobody on the, on the residence side of the, of the equation. Um, we asked to have the water studied, and we were told by the town's peer review, oh, we can't study the water because the developer didn't study the water. If I was a developer and that was the rule, I wouldn't study anything because if, if I don't study it, then the town can't peer review me. So, so we disagreed with that, and that's why we ended up suing the uh, town. The, the remedy if you sue is that it just gets undone and has to be redone, and so we just decided that it was going to get redone in the same way so that we wouldn't bother with the suit. So that's the explanation on that. The uh, last thing that I wanted to bring up was uh, I had sent an email to uh, Jess Riley and asked her what was going on with the, uh, the school building. And she told me that, uh, that they were trying to respond to an email from, uh, from you, Gus. And so that I didn't know about that email. Um, I got to see it this week because Chris Potts put it in her uh, Medfield Insider. But I guess what I would suggest going forward is that rather than you were using your position as the chair of the Board of Selectmen to prevent something from being discussed at the board, you were putting a barrier up. I would think it would be better if you came to Eileen and to me and we had a discussion about that as clear. the board. Well, let me just finish. Yeah, let me finish. I think it would be better going in the future if you brought the issue to the to the full board and then the full board made the decision rather than you just making that as the as the prerogative I, I of the chair. I made no decision. Mm -hmm, exactly. I made no decision. Well, you made a decision not to put it on the agenda is what no, your email I, said. I, I, got, I was directly contacted by the school committee about it's getting time to start the school, open up the school building committee. I directed the school committee to the provisions of the bylaw revision mm -hmm. and I said, that's great. I'll be delighted to bring it up before the school, the Board of Selectmen mm -hmm. as soon as the school committee submits the application specified in the bylaw revision. That is the first step in the bylaw revision. 
As soon as that's there, I made it clear I'm not trying to slow anything down. I'm not trying to be bureaucratic. Okay. All right, I didn't I realize that that was. a revision that specifies this is the first step. The first step is in your court. Mm -hmm. Once you get it to us, I will immediately put it on the agenda for the Board of Selectmen, and I would anticipate that we'll do all in our power to expedite the formation of the building of the building committee. All right, that's that's my bad, and I didn't realize that that was the first step in the process. So, thank you. That's it. And just, and just you know, and then to be clear, once we do that, then we have four different groups that will designate appointees to that building committee. And at that point, the board of selectmen is out of the process until we get to the uh, at this stage, until we get to approval points down the road, unless the MSBA invites us into the program, at which time one of us would become a, a representative on that building presumably. issues that like that peak. I, I think in this particular case I tried to handle it the right way but uh, I don't object to the fact that you raised the question. Yeah no I just I wasn't aware of your email and all of a sudden I heard about your email and I thought that you were unilaterally yeah, I mean, taking there's actions a, without the yeah. board so. Nope. Nope. That was not my intent and uh, I will gladly have anybody either of you chase after me if you ever think I'm taking an action that the board needs to take instead of me individually because in the past I have gone after other members of this board for that very offense so that's a hot button for me actually okay uh, anything else Pete? no okay. no thank you I got a bunch of stuff um, I attended the ward committee meeting prior to the special town meeting a meeting was on uh, 16th of June to discuss the Trinity proposal that uh, going into it a week earlier, it sounded like the Warren Committee wanted me to be there to answer some questions, but actually by the time I got there, I think the Warren Committee had already convinced itself that they were pretty happy with the project. So that was kind of a, one of those fun meetings to just kind of be there and have good conversations and everything's great. Um, I dropped in at the end of the Trinity <coughs> Open House, Saturdays ago before the special town meeting, to kind of see how that went. I think you were there yeah, far longer than I was. Uh, but it was partially just to see how the open house went, which was very good at the state hospital, and also to get some sense of how the, the cam. No. Am I talking too long? Or is it <laughs> it's supposed to be our drum roll. Okay. Um, I also was just kind of curious to see how the cam event was kicking off, which was pretty early, so people weren't there that day. Um, uh, and then certainly a special town meeting was. One of those things you work hard to get something through, and it, it is. It's refreshing to see a, a, a plan or an idea widely embraced by the town. And every once in a while, you feel it, you know, like collectively we all did something right. The town can't yeah. come together. Yeah, can't pull together. Um, there was a community choice aggregation Zoom call on the twenty, the day after the special town meeting. The uh, the process that the committee is going through now is that the town has to put together a plan this community choice aggregation we've all seen the draft of that plan several months ago and it was it was put out to the public uh, they the committee's planning to have their updated revision for that plan ready for the meet our meeting on the 12th of July to ask the selectmen to review it uh, and that will then open the public comment period uh, that will go for the balance of the month of July, at, after which it will then get submitted to the DPU. So it's, it's, it's a weird thing that 
the state wants you to approve at the town level to approve your plan, and then you submit it, and then they come back in with comments. Uh, so that in, a West, in a way, I guess they want to sort of waste the time of selectmen rather than waste their time. So that process, that DPU, re DPU review process, uh, at the start of this effort, it's not like it could be like a, a year. For no good, no good reason other than it just takes a year. Uh, they, apparently the state has been trying to accelerate some of that. So it's likely that some of this might get turned around a little faster. Who will come in and present to us on the 12th? The, uh, it probably would be either Bob Winograd or Megan Sullivan. Okay. Uh, we, might, we might have Pat Roach on, on Zoom, I would guess. I don't think that, because we've already seen the draft, this is not a drastically different thing, but there are some specific changes. So I think they'll be able to highlight what those changes are and we'll have access to the document. Okay. Get that about right? Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, next, uh, also went to Joy's retirement lunch on the 23rd. That was fun to come to. Sorry to see Joy retiring, but happy to see that Joy's retiring because she's happy that she's yeah, retiring. Exactly. Uh, next, tomorrow night, there's an uh, MSH development committee meeting where we're going to kind of take stock of now that we've gotten past the special town meeting, there are things that are going to be coming up in the coming year during the permitting process that uh, the other members of the development committee are more tuned in than I am. Uh, one of the things that I think we'll have to get to work on sooner rather than later is the process for resolving the gun range issue because we should be taking care of taking advantage of this coming year to get that concern of Trinity off the table and taken care of. Uh, we have a 12 to 18 month period to try to work that through, so I'm hoping we can do that. Uh, let's see. And the last thing I have, and I have copies of this for you two. Uh, this is informational at this point, but we've, we've had an ongoing, throw that one down to Christine. Uh, happened to be on Facebook this morning. You can throw that to, probably should go to Mark or Nick. I, it may, I, can, I can send you an electronic version of this if you want to put it into an information packet. Okay. Uh, I happened to just be on Facebook this morning, Concerned Citizens. Somebody came on and said, we've had yet another incident of a dog, of a dog alteration, al altercation at the state hospital. That, as you can see, was a, turned into a rather lengthy thread. Uh, this, this came in on the 23rd of June. Um, so I'm sharing it with you because we've, we're kind of in this extended discussion around dog control. Mm -hmm. This is you know, the, the side where people are having some problems. I would make a general comment about this particular incident. The lady who posted it said that her dog had its tail bit by a pit bull mix that was off leash, owned by a woman who I think had two other dogs. One was a, uh, shoot, one was a golden doodle. One was a long black haired dog the fact that a lady would have had three dogs up there at once suggested to me the possibility it's a professional dog walker. But here's the, here's the issues. So her dog got bit in the tail, except the report shows up on concerned citizens and no identification of who the other owner was, no real identification of the dogs, no clear identity whether they're from in town or out of town. I, it's possible that the owner grabbed that dog and went running away faster than anybody could get them, but in the world of cell phones, 
if you're going to have an altercation, you should expect the person that you're having that altercation with to provide you with information. If they refuse to, you should be able to, at the very least, take their picture and ideally get a picture of their license plate. Because if we have irresponsible dog owners that are you know, escaping and evading the damage they do, that's a little different set of circumstances. Mm -hmm. no, Even if we don't fix anything else. We can, I think, fix that. So the, I'm sharing this so you know what people had to say. Uh, and it's, it's the classic dilemma of some people, you know, where do you draw the line between what is allowable incidents, especially between dogs, more so than, you know, with it, dogs can do that stuff. Uh, and a recognition that there are people on this thread that said, yeah, that's why I don't go up there anymore. So we're, we're in that dilemma where, in the interest of allowing some dogs to have free range up at the state hospital, we are driving some residents of town <coughs> off the property, and that's the part that's bothered me all along. I don't have good answers for it, but this is part of that continuing conversation. No, and we should have a conversation because I've actually continued to ask people, actually I bumped into two people that are husband and wife that, that walk dogs, yep. and I happened to pull them aside the week before the special town meeting, and I, I saw them, and they one had five, one had five. I said, you guys, I'm Eileen Murphy, I'm selectman, I'm curious, and they, they were incredibly respectful. Yeah. They said, you know what, we've never talked to a selectman before. We appreciate the fact this is a friendly conversation. They, uh, they, they don't even go near the center of the North Hill anymore because they said it's getting out of control. They, so I know Pete shared some information with me about how other towns were doing it and a group that had started to put some ideas together in Medfield. But I'd like to figure out how do we do, and Mark, I guess I'll look to you, and it's like baby steps. Like, we should make it mandatory. If you're going to walk a dog at the state hospital, you must prove that you have a dog, your dog is licensed. I don't care what town, but if your dog does not have a tag, you are not welcome up there. And it's not that we'll give a fee, that they can be walked off the property because that is town-owned private property. Um, and then for every dog that's there, you should have a leash, which um, this dog walking couple, so that's probably the biggest concern they have, which is why they stay away from the middle of the field. A professional dog walker will get out of the car with two leashes, have five dogs, and then when you need to control them, you can't control them. So, so we need to figure out how do we do this in a way that there's some teeth? Because we can talk all we want and we can say that we're going to find $50. We're gonna find, if we know that no one's going to show up in court to collect that fee, that's a complete not a waste of time to do it. Um, but how do we do it? I mean, something that they had asked me is I know that Jenny Cronin is our, our dog officer, and they said there are times of the day that it's just a given that that center of the field is an absolute disaster. Um, so can we do something that, said, and maybe we might talk with Michelle to say, can we just ask that Jenny kind of be assigned up there to start sending the message that... You can, okay. but Jenny can't enforce that because our bylaw... We did not pass a bylaw that says you have to be on the leash in the center of the okay, state. Not hospital. even so much a leash, but you have to have a license because that is a, that, that's a law in our town. If you don't have it by April first, you then get a higher fee, right? So you can't have a dog without a, a dog license, and we should be able to to stipulate that if if it if it's not going to be on leash, you still have to have a leash to get it on leash, right? So two simple hurdles to sure. clear that start sending a message that we're we we need to start getting control of it. Um, and then, you know, the one thing that they said, and this happens in a lot of the dog parks around here, is it's a lot of self-policing, where it's, it's, you know, you've got to be able to walk up to someone and say, hey, you, you can't let that happen. Or your dog's, you know, we just had a dog bit in the tail last week. You've got to be able to get your dog under control. Otherwise, we are going to have to call and have you removed from the property, right? But it's, it's I, everyone agrees, it's not an easy discussion because we're not going to solve it overnight. 
whoever so so if you have a dog and your dog's in bit i know this for fact if you bring it to medfield vet or which is now at benfield um they the first thing they will ask when they see your dog with a puncture wound or any sort of you know having a dog um how did this happen and what was the name of the other dog right. a dog owner and if you can't give that then your dog's immediately quarantined for 45 days which blows Right? And I didn't know that until my dog got bit the first time. But I happened to, thank goodness, know the people at the time walked up at Wheelock. And they were wildly responsible. Neither of us knew that he actually got a puncture wound. And they immediately said, you know, give us Jenny's name. We'll call her right away. But I think there's got to be some education. Like, if that happened up at State Hospital and, like, my dog was bit again, I, I would know immediately. I don't want my dog tied up for 45 days, so I'm going to make sure I get your name and number. Well, um, I think yeah, that's a basic rule anytime you have yeah, I mean, that's but it sounds like I haven't read this. Actionable. You know, the dog had bit, but there's no identification of who the dog is. Would not find the person who owned the dog that did the biting. So, uh, again, I haven't read this because it's quite a few yeah. pages. I will read it tonight. Yeah. Um, it, I think it's going to be more of dog walkers are going to have to start communicating with one another to say if, yeah, well, it's in that scenario. We've been saying that for five years. Just well, no, but, well, okay, but, but now we've sold the property. It's about to change, right? Uh, but I'm going to let Eve. <laughs> again, Eve Potts, I'm thoroughly confused. I've used, about once a week, I walk at the hospital. I don't have a dog. I walk with my daughter. We, neither one of us have dogs, but we thoroughly enjoy it and walk around. Now, I've seen signs where it says, in the center, you, should have, you have to have your dog leashed. And that over to the left, the open part, you can go without a leash, okay? Now, is that correct? Um, now, from what you said, that they can't enforce it? Or what, what is the story? <laughs> So our bylaw says that as long as your dog is under voice command, um, so we put the signs up, right, so we put the signs up at the state hospital encouraging people to have their dogs leashed in that center area where we know we have a lot more walkers. But the problem is we can't enforce somebody or give them a penalty for not having their dog on their leash in that area. Because during the weekend, there's, I, saw, I looked around and I said, I saw that sign up, but no one has their dog on the leash on the weekends. I mean, I'm making a we generalization. We saw it we were up there last Saturday. I'm making a generalization, but again, yes. I was shocked, and I thought, oh, there's a sign, and no one seemed to be going by it. So what prompted that sign about a year ago was an email. I think we may have all gotten it, but I certainly got it, and it was from a woman. I don't know. I forget, the, I forget her name. You might even know her, but there's a group of women who sound like they're probably in their 70s. I think it was like five of them that like to walk oh, in the park. Oh, I know they're from Sherbrooke. Okay. Oh, yeah, maybe. Uh, oh, yeah, shouldn't have worried about it. <laughs> no, but what, what the message that came in is we were walking in the quad, a dog, and it was actually a friend, it wasn't a dog attack, it was like I think a young dog came running up from behind the women, playful and jumped up on one of the women and knocked her to the concrete if she didn't know she was about to get hit with this reasonably good-sized dog who was just being friendly. But bottom line was it knocked him down. So we put the signs up saying that you have to have a leash inside the quad. Now, I, Christine, I'll, I'll take issue saying, well, we put it up there. We can't do anything about it because that's not the message I think we want to send out to people. Um, I can tell you on Saturdays when Cam has an event, 
I haven't seen too many people. I've seen one person when I was there that had a dog without a leash, but I haven't seen people argue saying, you can't make me put my dog on a leash when the place is full. Everybody seems to know what to do when there's a lot of people there and there's a lot going on. So the hope was by putting that that says, if you're in the quad, you have to be on a leash. That way you don't have dogs that will bound around and knock people to the ground. And you've got all this other space that you can use and, and I had checked the lady that contacted me. I said, I'm trying to figure out what to do here. I said, well, you know, if you walk in the quad, what if we said you have to be on a leash in the quad, but they can run free, you know, are there, you know, would that work? She said, I like to walk on all the trails. And it's like, well, <clears throat> not, you know, I don't know how to fix that exactly unless we just make everything leash only. No, that and then we had talked about doing that for this year's town meeting, but right. we asked for more time to review the situation. We, did, we didn't have unanimity on this board about what we needed to do in time to have a bylaw change for this town meeting. Well, it's uh, it's funny my, when Mike Marcucci, when I was sitting out there back in probably January February time frame, and came up, and Mike was the person that said we put him up, but there's really no there's no teeth behind it. But I then looked at our charter. Our charter has fines. If you go into the Medfield, and I printed it out one time for one of our meetings, where you can get fined 25, you can get fined 50. Why do we have it if we can't enforce it? Yeah. I mean, it's there, and if you look up Medfield. Out of a process. Unfortunately, ultimately, it's not self-enforcing. In the legislature, it's their fault. As late as the Municipal Modernization Act in 2016, Department of Revenue had a whole list of statutes that were being modernized and, and updated, and one of them was the lien statute to include local fines. And the legislature, for, in their wisdom, stripped it out. So right now, your only alternative is if they won't pay it voluntarily, you have to go to court, the district court, and go through that process. And so hence why Jenny's not gonna write something up because it's just a waste of paper because we're not going to Unfortunately, the courts across the board, they don't care whether it's dogs, they don't care if it's wetlands, they don't care what it is. They really can't get excited about enforcing local bylaws. It just, that's the way it is. They, so in that situation, the only way we would be able to enforce something up there is if somebody's in violation of one of our rules, we could have them escorted off the property. Let, let me let's just say there's like. there's a there's a broad range of statutory authorization to deal with dogs once something happens. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, trying to be proactive and prevent something from happening, not so much. Uh, and somebody alluded to it. I don't know if it was you, Eileen, or you, Gus, but frankly, the communities that have set up dog parks have set up committees to run the dog parks, and yes, they police it themselves uh, in terms of particularly requiring rabies tags, which is more important, frankly, the, the licensing is just a mechanism to get the rabies tag. So you, you have to have a current rabies tag, and if there's any kind of uh, violation or breach, you're basically just booted from the, from the dog park. Uh, so. When I, when I lived in Boston, they stole my dog's collar to get the rabies tag. <laughs> and to get the th- that, they, they took the dog off the leash, and I couldn't find the dog for about three hours. <laughs> so there are some people that have come in this thread here that have commented that if we had dog parks, that would be great. 
I am skeptical because some people think it would be great to have a dog park down at Wheelock, and some people think it would be great to have a dog park up at the state hospital. And my guess is that what people really want is two dog parks, one at, the, at Wheelock, which is school grounds, which probably there's no, if I were around the school, I really wouldn't want to put, right. set up a dog park there. And if we, do, if we were to do a dog park here, I sit there and say, so how big a dog park are we talking about? Is the North Field going to be the dog park where there's this huge fence around this free range running area? You know, to try to choose a place that's a town-wide dog park in this town, I mean, I understand why that's what, we, what they have in Newton, but I don't think that, you know, I, I'm not, I don't see the picture of how that makes a lot of sense. It's going to make a lot of dog owners happy here in Medfield, so I'm skeptical of that. There is one point that uh, if you've been watching the information sessions or even the town meeting, uh, the questions that have come to Trinity is, are, is, so is when you finish the development, is this going to continue to be open to the public? And they've been very, not, I won't want to say cagey because it's not sneaky cagey, but they've been very cagey in their answer. They said, absolutely, it will be open to the public and we would expect people to be respectful of how they use it just like they would any other neighborhood in this town. Mm -hmm. So for those who are worried about free-range dogs in the middle of the quad, once this project is done, not, not any more than you're going to see free-range dogs over at Turtle Brook or, you know, right. or somewhere else. That's going to solve itself yep. in about two years uh, right inside the quad. We still have the issue, you know, Bill's talked about him, him and his neighbors and we talked with the people that came and talked to us at the end of Evergreen about the access point saying, you long, know, long I've looked out our long meadow, I've looked out my back door and I have six strange dogs in my backyard who hopped over the wall from the state hospital and now they're in my yard. And I don't I'm not even sure if I should go out. Mm -hmm. So we still have a dog control issue, even if a good part of the open space is left open for dogs. So I think, it's an, dog I think it's an issue. I think that the, the town should be looking at it. How we look at it, I guess, is what we need to figure out and decide. I had, what I had shared with Eileen was a, 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 an actual suggested new dog ordinance bylaw for, for the town that John Thompson and some committee that, that he had been on several years ago drafted. Have you seen that? Yeah, I think you poured it to me, actually. So that... Um, I think that so we just the need the time to, would be now to, to set up a committee for next year's annual meeting because it's going to take that kind of time. Yeah. And what happened in the past, it actually goes back to Carol <coughs> Mayer, who thought there needed to be an updated bylaw, overall bylaw. I know John Thompson had particular issues related to the hospital. She got a bylaw from another municipality. I think it was Newton. That's what John used. Was Ironically. Newton got it from Franklin because I drafted it in Franklin and it circulated. So and it's your ultimately they were, this committee was tweaking it, tweaking it, and they, and I offered to meet with them without success. They were not making progress. We were coming to the fact that we needed, I, I was much more concerned about the serious issue of uh, vicious dogs. We've had several hearings over the years and I wanted to make sure that we were fully had all the options available to us if that happened, um, uh, you know, a deliberate dog attack. Um, and so I, w I had my own reasons that I felt we had a very deficient bylaw and we needed to get a comprehensive one in place that dealt with uh, uh, 
it's, it's, it breaks it down, vicious dogs, and I forget the other ones are basically noisy. Mm -hmm. uh, so that covered all that, and the premise that I approached that bylaw was, being kind of a dog person myself, uh, we need to make it very expensive for irresponsible dog owners, mm -hmm. and that's the way that bylaw is drafted. So anyway, when, when that committee didn't come forward with a draft for, an, for a town meeting article, I took the liberty of revising mine from Franklin, which have, had come through Newton's so substantially the same bylaw, uh, for my purposes, and it passed. Mm -hmm. We left the leash part alone because historically we knew that was going to be highly controversial. So maybe maybe we've dissolved several committees tonight. Maybe sounds we can like you're look in the near future at creating a committee. Okay. And I, I think it's got to be a committee that's got again it's it's collaborative people. We get, we need to hear the voice of the dog owners. Absolutely. Uh, dog we walkers. need to hear the the voice of the people who are not dog walkers who don't necessarily hate dogs, just don't really want to have to deal with everybody's yeah, dogs. Just want to be and, up there and see if we can't get to a resolution. The, the trustees of the reservation went through this uh, uh, 20 years ago at Rocky Woods and came up with a plan. I don't know exactly what it is, but I think there are areas where you're on lease and off lease. And yeah. So we should, whoever looks at it should look the at that plan. The other aspect, if you're a dog person, not just walking them, there are certain breeds, most breeds, frankly, they just want to run, take them off, and the dogs just take off and just run crazy until they exhaust themselves. Right. So they want somewhere that they can do that too, and whether you agree that that is acceptable or not is something that has to be addressed as well. I just wanted to say that there were a couple of um, opportunities where a draft made its way onto the proposed warrant, but it seemed that there were more important things like the school and like the hospital, and you know, so you know. It suffered. I mean, there was enough to there was enough to talk about with the the main issue for, for the town meeting, and I think we've all recognized that it probably would be a two night meeting by the time you heard everybody who had to speak for or against it. But I mentioned before, the self policing may work in a crowd when you have a, like a cam event and everything else. It doesn't work very well when it's a woman walking a dog and a guy walking his dog, and there's an issue. Because I reported on this before, there was a woman on the, uh, on the old Building and Grounds Committee who, uh, who challenged a, uh, an unruly dog owner, and basically he came up in her face, intimidated her pretty much, uh, mm -hmm. you know, stopped her from even going up there. And so right. it, it's hard to expect the average citizen to face down somebody who challenges their being challenged. So, I mean, you need it's to... It's even harder when these people <coughs> that are that may be doing that don't even live in Medfield, right? I mean, that's that's the hard part. Like, well, so, I, I, I've I, got photos. I mean, I stopped taking them of, of vans with, you know, signs on the, on the you know, mm -hmm. you know, doggy adventures and, and, and things along that line. And, uh, and I mentioned before, uh, you know, my understanding of the, uh, the Department of Conservation and Recreation, I mean, they have a three-dog limit on their property and here we are abutting the property uh, and encouraging professional dog walkers to take five six dogs you know and 
Yeah, right. that's, yeah. I, right. that, that's where I like what Pete shared. It had, it, it had, and, and Mark, I'll have to look at yours because if we should be limiting it. And then the couple that lived in Medfield, they said, you know, they, they, they would say five per person max, right? And so if the husband and wife got 10, but they literally had all their, they, they were staying away from the chaos because yep. they knew what could occur. But, um, but I think it's safe to say that'll be on the 2023 um, warrant and it'll give us ample time to start getting discussions. You get going, a committee, committee started together. now? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and we've got to do something that we can actually act on. If it becomes something that, you know, Jenny's like, well, it's great, but I can't do it, like, well, then we'll waste right. everyone's time. Like, that, well, that's see, what's frustrating. The, the complicating thing is you have the ability to prohibit it. Park and Rec prohibits it on their property. The cemetery commissions, I don't know how they ultimately resolved this, but they were wrestling with the issue because the dog's being walked over here. Uh, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the one that forced that issue so earlier. Uh, Property that's under specific care and control, the boards that, that have control of that have that as an option. The difficulty becomes if you want to find a middle ground. Right. So right. You, you have a dog walk across the, the lacrosse field on, um, on Metacomet Park. What, what recourse does Park and Rec have? If you're saying the same thing, that they can give you a $50 ticket, but no one's going to go chase you for it. At one point, the chair of Park and Rec himself was going around. But, but he can, right? I mean, it, but as, but if you 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 have to, if it's a ticket, who's collecting that money? Well, there's also the issue of if you're violating a town bylaw, and and it's significant, and, and the and the police are called, they can basically say you're violating the town bylaw. You, you got to stop. Now, if you push back, now you've just elevated it to. Uh, failing to follow a police officer's instructions. So, because that's one thing. I mean, that we can. If I, I, I would like to think that the state hospital ground, which has significantly more dogs, um, we should have more teeth. Because I, I, it's funny. I, I won't get into my meta comment, my meta comment scenario. But um, the the number of dogs that end up walking across the lacrosse field that are slim to none. Right. The number that are up at the state hospital. If we can, if we can address what's going on at meta comment, we absolutely should be able to address what's going on at the state hospital. That should be. The woman that I was walking, she had, I can't believe it, she had seven dogs, great big, huge dogs, little dogs, just, just, just like you said. And she told me, I said, oh, are you from Medfield? Oh, no. She said, but I come here because there are very few places that allow us. Mm -hmm. right. And this is what she was saying. Yep. She right. said, oh, no, we come from all over to go to Medfield because we're the only ones. And they had all these dogs they were very well behaved but it was a large number it was oh, yeah. amazing to see them all yeah that, that may be putting a limit on how many dogs people can have there is one way to control it i when we talked before about the quad i had kind of concluded that because the enforcement and the fines and the rules don't work that the best strategy i came i could come up with was accountability and so there's two kinds of accountability one is mandatory incident reporting where you have to if, if either people you know if either party to an incident says I want this reported both parties have to share all their information and all that and then Pete you were the one that talked about the red kind of the registration like mm -hmm. what they do up at uh, Rocky Woods where if you force owners if you want to use the property you literally have to it doesn't have it, we could or don't have to charge for it mm -hmm. you have to register your dog so we know who you are we know where you live we have a picture of your dog we have a picture of your dog's license 
then suddenly people who have dogs will sense that they are going to be held more directly accountable. And it's possible that it then self-policing perhaps does work because all of a sudden it's, you know, I recognize that there's a accountability loop here. Yeah, I'm not opposed to that at all. That, that may be as good a way, but I actually think I, if we're attracting professional dog walkers with large numbers of dogs from the entire region, A, I'm pretty sure they're not cleaning up when they go down the trails. Not if you have seven dogs. Yeah, and, and all off leash. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, and B, it's not that I, you know, I don't, I'm not a big fan of preventing people from earning a living, but I don't think we bought the state hospital in order to mm -hmm. enable the state's dog walking industry, you know, indiscriminately. So, oh. and, I, and I say that at the same time, I'm also very mindful of like the groups like VizWiz here in town that are, if there's a group of responsible owners oh, who, who run events, I was asking a lady, we were out a couple of weeks ago, lay out of Vizsla, and I said, gee, are you part of Vizwiz? And she said, oh, no, uh, I sometimes am there with, but they come in really early in the morning, so they actually are avoiding the crowds, I guess. That explains why I haven't seen them so long. They're really nice dogs. They're very responsible owners. Uh, they tend not to be, they're not in the quad. They're, they go out on the north field. Uh, and so we do have some larger groups, but those aren't, anybody bringing 10 dogs in those are 10 people bringing one or two dogs in yeah. so yeah you should I, I appreciate your comments about what's going to happen after Trinity gets there I mean the, the the behavior will have to be worked out over time their residents will have a say they will have a say but there are portions of the property that weren't sold to Trinity those are it's town-owned property you're gonna have that issue to face for yourselves and decide what the yep. town needs to do here because Trinity will work out their issues. Yep. Uh, you're still going to have yours. You're going to have the Arboretum, you're going to have the Green, you're going to have the North Field. Right. You've got across the street. You've got all the parcel B across the street as well. So right. you, whatever you come up with, you're not going to be off the hook for it. Right. Right. Yeah. Once Trinity yeah. gets some. Yeah, I, I'm thinking the place I've been most concerned about is inside the quad with people who would like to just be able to walk. And that's, yeah, I think that'll work. But you're, you're absolutely right, Bill. And then, I mean, your issues, even if we got the Arboretum and the Green and the North Field itself figured out, that still doesn't resolve some of the issues you and your neighbors have experienced with people taking the trails off of those that property and going onto the Dover Shoreboard property. Lost, you can't right, right. So anyway, my point in doing this was not to push for resolution tonight, but we said we were going to have an ongoing conversation. Yeah, this was an important part of that conversation. So, and, and, and it sounds like we want a committee, which I think would make sense. Do you know if the John Thompson in the uh, uh, sheets you gave us is the John Thompson who's on the Building and Grounds Committee up there, or the other John Thompson? Um, I th think this is the John Thompson at the hospital. It's ours. Yeah, sounded like it. Yeah, if I if I'd looked bigger at the picture, I know that I know how to tell the difference from the picture <laughs> they have on Facebook. But, uh, so anyway, okay, I, we beat that to death. But, yeah, no, this sure. Is not about dogs. Okay. <laughs> ah. Sorry, citizen comment is over. <laughs> no, this isn't a citizen comment. This is just a comment about the Peak House being a museum. Mm -hmm. Laurel Scotty, um, and this is regarding the Dwight Derby House. The Dwight Derby House is a museum. 
Um, and if you haven't visited it lately, please do so. It tells its story of how, how that house came. It tells its own story just walking through it. And it's, um, you can see the glazier actually signed the window pane. You see the original rooms. Um, it's staged as a transition house from, as it's the only home that's been lived in continuously for 300 years in this country. So please do come. It is a museum and the troop, troop, uh, Boy Scout Troop 89 has been doing an archeological dig with the last pile of dirt that was from the excavation of the annex connecting the house and the barn. They have found artifacts. John Thompson has been over there and showed them how to separate the artifacts and um, describe them. They found a pipe piece from the 1600s, nails from the 1600s. And last week, Troop 89, it looks like they found an inkwell. Oh, wow. So. Please do pay a visit if you haven't. Do they have the, I don't know if it's the seventh or eighth graders that do the bike tour to all the historical sites. Did they do that again this year? Did they get a chance? I don't know. They, I they did. Do it. I, we they did? Okay. We, we weren't contacted about that. Very good. Thank well, you. Does the Dwight Derby House have regular open hours? Yes. Uh, during the, from March to December, we're generally open the first and third Saturdays of the month from 10 to 12 to match those of the Historical Society. For the summer, we're only open the first Saturday of the month from 10 to 12. So we will be open next and Saturday. No, this, this coming, wait, what, it'll, will it be this Saturday? We'll Are be they open? skipping Fourth of July weekend and doing the next one? No, we're going to be open July 2nd. Oh, wow, okay. So we'll be open July 2nd from 10 to, from 2 to dogs, 10 to 12. Dogs are allowed in the building. <laughs> no, I've been known to object to them on the property. Well, even the first dog, Rooney, come on, he's a cute little guy. For the record, when I said this was going to be a short meeting, I did not know we were talking about the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I thought that, that was an unfair betting moment. Three nights at town meeting. Uh, yep. Yep. All right, uh, does anybody have anything else that they'd like to talk about? We have another tw 13 minutes before it's nine o'clock. Sun's not even down. I think I'm good. We good? Can we get a motion to adjourn? So moved. Second. All those in favor? Aye. 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 All right, Aye. we're done. Aye.